Thanks so much, Jenny. It's always good to come back to Hailsham. It's so lovely to be with you this morning. What I really loved this morning, as I said to Janet, there's so many people I don't recognize, which is kind of cool because it means that God is adding to you. Can't believe it's uh, we as you as a local church have owned this building now for 10 years plus, and you've been in it for just over eight years. So really, really exciting. And um, I think it's really interesting that what God is doing here, all those words about next generation and alpha in the nation, so much echoes with what God is doing amongst us. Um, Really interesting when you read Revelation 5, Revelation 7, around the throne in eternity, there's people from every tribe, every language group, every nation. And we certainly as a local church are celebrating what God is doing amongst the nations. I think we've got about 40 different nations now uh, at King's Community Church in Southampton. Um, Going into COVID, we had one Hong Kong family. We've now got over 100 Hong Kongers. It's amazing. And we probably had about 30 Africans. We've now got 200 Africans, mainly uh, Nigerians and Ghanaians, but a smattering of uh, other African nations as well. And I love the fact uh, that uh, your baptisms on Easter Day reflected what God is doing here and what God is doing amongst us as well. The, the, there's next generation and there's the, the nations. And I think that's something that God is doing generally across the churches right now, that there is a real emphasis on inputting and equipping the next generation, but also a real emphasis on Come on, let's go to the nations, but let's receive the nations as they come to us uh, as well. Um, Our Easter Day service, I sent it to Ray Bodkin saying, I think you'll enjoy this one because... um, I wasn't preaching. Tom Williams was preaching here. If you're new, Tom uh, was born again into this local church here in Helsham about 12 years ago now. And the grace of God is on him to lead. And he's an elder in our church. He's doing such a good job leading our site over in uh, Totten, which is on the edge of the New Forest. And Chris Johnston was leading worship. He first got to lead worship here at Christ Church Hailsham. I can remember we used to drag him in. He'd be doing his homework in his room uh, as our connect group. Some of you were even in that connect group. Uh, and we were trying to uh, sing and worship together, but we needed a guitarist. So we'd drag him in when he was about 14 or 15, and he'd lead worship in our connect group and now he leads to hundreds and even thousands so it's really really good to celebrate what God is doing here and what God is doing in uh, Southampton and what God is doing across the nation right now we had Clive Calver with us last Sunday Clive Calver is the leader of the Evangelical Alliance um, which really is a voice uh, nationally to uh, government and other 
institutions in the UK for churches like ours. And uh, he said, did you know before COVID, one in five, statistically speaking, of your friends who don't yet know Jesus would be interested in a conversation with you about Jesus. You know, that's quite encouraging. He said, it's all changed now since COVID. It's one in three. There's lots of people out there who really are interested in exploring what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I love the sound of your international alpha. Uh, we had a Hong Kong alpha, which was completely bilingual, English and Cantonese. And uh, uh, praise God, all the HTB guys had done it all for us. They put um, Cantonese translation all on the video, so I didn't have to learn Cantonese. So there we are. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.20, you talking to the Thessalonians, but I'm talking to you this morning. You are our um, pride and joy. We celebrate, Janet and I, all that God is doing here, and your successes are our successes. Your joys are our joys. Um, so praise God for all he's doing here. Uh, I'm conscious that you've got a special offering, a gift day over the next couple of weeks. So I actually asked Simon if I could speak into the, that subject here this morning. Um, and I've called this morning's preach Caleb Faith. So we're going to be looking at the life of Caleb. I'm not going to start with a scripture reading because I've got lots of different bits of um, the Caleb story taken from different moments through uh, the various books of the Bible where Caleb is mentioned. So we'll get to some scripture reading in a moment. But Caleb is a man who believed God for the impossible. He believed God in an impossible situation. Second, Caleb continued to believe God, not just at one particular moment, uh, of his life, but Caleb was a guy who just kept believing God for the whole of his remarkable life and his long life. And third, Caleb inspired the next generation to believe God. So it wasn't something he kept to himself. We've talked already about the importance of raising up the next generation. And Caleb was someone who raised up a new generation who believed God for the impossible. So first of all, Caleb himself believed God. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 2, I think some of the most sobering words in the whole of the Old Testament. It says this, it is an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, dot, dot, dot. It should have taken less than two weeks for the people of God to go from Mount Sinai, where they received the Ten Commandments, to Kadesh Barnea. It took them 40 years. And so Moses is now addressing God's people, Israel, 40 years on, and they're on the edge of the promised land. What should have taken two weeks takes 40 years. Why? One simple word, un 
belief. Unbelief. Israel actually got to spend one year of wandering for every day that the spies spent in the land checking the land out. So let me just unpack the story. If you've got a Bible either on your phone or um, a hard copy, we're in Numbers chapter 13. We're just going to read a few verses together. The words should appear on the screen. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And he sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. The original idea of sending out the spies is actually God's idea. It's not wrong to be aware of the challenges and the obstacles ahead. It would be a strange thing if you've got dreams to build more space up there, if you didn't cost it out. You just, oh, God will provide. No, no, it's not wrong to be aware of the challenges that we uh, face. We're not more in faith, in inverted commas, if we are naive and oblivious of the realities of a situation. The 12 spies are sent out into the land to suss it out. And they actually come back with a story. The land is good, but the challenge is too great. There are 12 spies. The majority report says great land, but too challenging. There is a minority report, however, from two spies, Joshua and Caleb, and they agree with most of the majority report. Yes, the land is amazing. Everyone's agreed on this. But the divergence of opinion in the minority report that Joshua and Caleb give is whether it's appropriate and right for the people of God to possess the land. Whereas the 10 say the obstacles are too big, the two, Joshua and Caleb, say, no, no, we can do this because God has spoken and God has promised and we are going to choose to stand together on the promises of God. Joshua and Caleb, first and foremost, of course, are a picture of Jesus Joshua actually means saviour. It's the Hebrew name from which the name Jesus is derived. And Caleb, we're told in the story, comes from the tribe of Judah. And it was the tribe of Judah that carried the promises of God about the Messiah Israel uh, was going to welcome, who was going to bring deliverance and salvation. We're told in Genesis 49, verse 10, the scepter, the rule of God, will not depart from Judah. There's going to be a king who comes to Israel from the line of Judah, who will rule not only Israel, but eventually he will rule the whole world. His name is Jesus. We need to be clear that all the promises of God are yes and are men in Christ. They find their fulfillment in the person 
of Jesus. We are men and women of faith because God has won the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' victory is our victory. And of course, Caleb sees the potential and opportunities in what God has promised. Caleb exercises faith in the midst of significant challenges. Others around him are doubting, they're murmuring, but he chooses to be confident in what God has promised. Let's go, he says, we can certainly do it. The other um, spies fail to exercise faith. We can't do it. Our enemies are stronger. Our enemies are giants. They focus on feelings rather than faith. We live in a feelings-dominated culture. Everywhere around us, people talk about their feelings. Now, it's not wrong to have feelings, but you don't base your whole life ahead of you on what you feel right now. Don't know what, well, Janet's a mornings person. She wakes up, she bounds out of bed, she's straight in the shower. Me, about two hours later, I'm just rubbing the sleep out my eyes. If I based my life on what I feel at 6.30 every morning, it wouldn't be a pretty life, would it? I choose to base my life not on my feelings at any one given moment, but on what God has promised. We felt, say the spies, like grasshoppers. We felt so small, so feelings dominated. And that allowed their hearts to be gripped by fear. We wish we died in Egypt, they say. Joshua and Caleb, by contrast, anguish. What a missed opportunity, they say, to the people of God. We really are making a big, big wrong turning here at this point. What's this mean for us? How does this apply to us? Well, just over 40 years ago, a group of people here in Hailsham believed God and planted a new church family. It was called Hailsham Christian Fellowship originally. It was read, it was led, sorry, by uh, Ray and Ruth, by others like Paul and Doreen. I gather Paul is worshipping elsewhere this morning, but we won't hold that against him. Just a joke, Paul, in case you ever listen. They did it because they were looking to worship and build church life on a New Testament pattern. They wanted to build a church community that was genuinely open to the Holy Spirit, where believers' baptism was recognized as part and parcel of our initiation into Christ. That was a hotly contested issue because they were in the Methodist church at the time. And a bunch of families left the Methodist church and planted Hailsham Christian Fellowship. I thank God for that generation, for their faith and courage. We stand as a church community. You stand on the shoulders of those spiritual giants who led the way. And just over 15 years ago, God called Janet and I to Hailsham. And the church had been through a difficult season. 
and we replanted and renamed and began to believe God afresh. I'll never forget the very first special offering that we took. We just renamed the church and we were relaunching it. And it was a small group of people. We gave £27,500 that Sunday and that heralded a new day for Christ Church Hailsham. I will never, ever forget Paul Tack's face that morning. He looked like the cat had got the cream. He really did. And the following year, we had a special offering. It was our first building fund special offering. We didn't have a building that we were aiming for. I'm not even sure this building had been built by then. We just had a crazy dream that one day we'd have a building of our own that we could use not just to worship on a Sunday, but as a hub of activity to reach our community. And there were about 60 or so of us at the time, and one single morning, we gave £87,000. Amazing. I thought, wow, we're serious. God's doing something. Remarkable Sunday. Caleb. Caleb not just believed God at one moment, he continued to believe God. He exercised remarkable faith, not just in calling for God's people to go into the land, but throughout his whole life. Just wind the clock forwards 45 years. As I said earlier, this journey should have been two weeks, and it's 40 years on now. They eventually get to where they've been 40 years earlier at Kadesh, and they choose this time to trust God. And the walls of Jericho came down. And we're now five years after the walls of Jericho came down. And they're beginning to possess more and more of the land that God had given them. So we're in Joshua 14 now. This is Caleb himself speaking. Now, as you see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise even while Israel was wandering in the wilderness. Today, I'm 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. So to summarize, what's Caleb saying? It all happened. God did something amazing 45 years ago. I gave an honest report. Others allowed fear to dominate their thinking. I chose to trust God wholeheartedly. I trusted God when I was a whippersnapper, and now I'm an old boy. I'm still trusting God because he has never, ever let me down. I believe in the promises of God today just like I believed them 45 years ago. Give me a fresh faith challenge, he's saying. Give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. Back last summer, Janet and I had the privilege of having five weeks in the States. And um, we had a couple of weekends 
um, Anaheim Vineyard, which was the old um, church that John Wimber uh, originally planted. It's now called Dwelling Place. And the guy who now leads that, a guy called Alan Scott, who's an amazing leader, he got up the second Sunday that we were there, and he said this. He said, uh, I love church history. Like, I really love church history. And he began to tell the story of some of the revivals of the past. And he talked about uh, the Hebridean revival. And then he talked about the Pentecostal revival. He said, it happened just down the road here in L.A. And then he started talking about what God did in the 80s and the 90s through John Wimber. And then he said this, frankly, that's not enough. That's ancient history for our kids, for our teenagers. They need their stories of what God is doing today in their generation. And so we get the privilege, older people like me, and I'm sort of, I recognize I'm at the stage where you look at your family tree, don't you? You think, I'm at the top now. <laughs> oh my word, how did that happen? But if you're of my generation, we get the amazing privilege of being spiritual mums and dads to a whole new generation, believing God with them. Take a look round this morning. Come on, just literally take a look round. There's lots of Caleb's in the room this morning, lots of Caleb's in this church. Just like Caleb, you've been on the journey a long time. Caleb was on the journey for 45 years. People like Ray and Ruth have been on the journey a lot longer than Caleb was. Ray's been a believer in Jesus for over 70 years. I first came to know Jesus over 50 years ago. It was while I was still in the womb. No, 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 just kidding. <laughs> I was 11. And do you know what? Every church that we have ever been a part of and certainly ever led, it's always been on a faith journey around finances and buildings. So I want to invite all of those who've been on a similar journey of faith to go again for this special offering. God's calling you as a church family, like he's calling us in Hedgen to exercise fresh faith for a fresh season. I love Galatians 6. Let us not grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I'm going to repeat that. This is an important verse for us. Let us not grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Maybe you're like Caleb. Maybe you have exercised faith over decades now. You gave generously 15 years ago when we took our first special offering for a building. Let's go again in faith. Let's sow in faith and believe God for a harvest. As I said earlier, it's now 10 years since we bought this building. We've been in eight years. And God's grown you as a church family. And it's time to sow again. 
It's a fresh opportunity next week with a special offering to believe God for a fresh harvest. Let me try and illustrate the point. Many of you will remember my mum. She was never a member here at Christ Church Hailsham. I think she thought she'd cause me too many problems if she ever joined, which she probably would have, to be honest. But she was a regular visitor, and she loved visiting here. And a few years ago, just before she died, we had her over for Christmas. And all our kids and in-laws were with um, their in-laws that Christmas, and it was pre-grandchildren, so it was just Janet and I and mum. And we decided to watch Hacksaw Ridge on Christmas Day. Now, if you've never seen Hacksaw Ridge, some people are laughing. Some people are looking very blank. If you've never seen Hacksaw Ridge, it's a brilliant war film. But it's probably not the best film to watch with your mum on Christmas Day. <laughs> the sound of music would have been an infinitely better choice. Hacksaw Ridge is the true story of an American Christian who refuses to fight in the Second World War. Instead, he signs up for the medical corps and he gives his whole life during the war to rescuing injured soldiers. And he saves single-handedly 75 men at the Battle of Okinawa. And again and again, he says, as the film reaches its magnificent climax... Just one more, and he goes again, and he rescues one more. And I guess that's what I'm saying this morning. Just one more. Let's go again. Let's believe God that as we give, we are going to see in the future people coming to know Jesus because of what we have sown and what we have invested. That's why we bought the building. It's time to go again in faith. And then thirdly, not only did Caleb believe God, not only did he keep believing God, thirdly, Caleb exercised next-generation faith. Joshua 15, verse 18. Caleb's daughter, Aksa, is given a field. When Aksa married Othniel, she urged her, him to ask her father for a field. But you know what? Next generation faith is greedy for more. The field is not enough. She gets off her donkey. Caleb says to her, what's the matter? She says, give me another gift. You've already given me land in the Negev. That's the desert. Now please give me springs of water also. So Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. We need to be very clear. It is a desert out there. The world desperately needs the good news of Jesus. And we need a new generation to exercise faith, to see Hailsham and the surrounding villages to be transformed by the good news of Jesus. By next generation, I mean anyone who's joined Christchurch Hailsham in the last eight years, whatever your age. Just put your hand up. Have you joined this local church in the last eight years? Lots of people. Isn't that amazing? God is adding new people. 
And I'd encourage you, buy in, be a participator. Don't just be an observer. Second, I mean anyone under 40. Put your hand up if you're 40. Under 40, sorry. Under 40. You'd like to be under 40. You wish you were under 40. <laughs> Don't you think it's interesting that that move of God the other month in the United States of America, Asbury University, it's a move of God amongst the next generation. That's why things like New Day are so important. We want to invest in the next generation. As I said earlier, the fields are white for harvest. We need to believe God that this next generation are going to see many, many lives come to know Jesus. God's looking for an AXA generation, men and women who will ask of God, give me the desert and give me the springs of water also. And next Sunday is an opportunity for you to give into your special offering. We have just done a special offering at KCC. I want to encourage you, as I encourage our church, be as generous as you possibly, possibly can. I love the fact that God's people are counter-cultural. We live in a context where finance is tight, where there is a cost of living crisis. But God calls his people to be counter-cultural. The most generous churches in the New Testament are often those who most struggled financially. It's often the, those who have less, who are most generous. Be as generous as you can. Muster all the faith you can because we want to believe God for a big harvest. We want to see hundreds of lives impacted by the love and life and ministry of this local church as we share Jesus with our community. Just to finish off, Ezekiel 47. If you know the passage, Ezekiel has a vision of the temple. And out of the temple flows the river of God. The river of God is a picture, really, of the presence, the power, and the life of God. And it flows in Ezekiel's vision from the throne of God for the healing of the nations. Not just our nation, but the healing of the nations. And we need the river of God to flow in our nation and across the nations. We need to believe God for a mighty, mighty outpouring of the Spirit. That's why it's great to gather tonight. Gather this week. Pray your socks off. We're gathering tonight, 7.30. We'll be praying just like you'll be praying. God, pour out your Spirit. Pour out your Spirit in East Sussex. Pour out your Spirit here in Helsham. Pour out your Spirit in this nation. And it starts with you.
God, pour out your spirit in me. I need a fresh impartation, a fresh outpouring. I was reading that verse in Acts 1 where Jesus says, um, you know, John baptized in water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power. And we often focus that phrase, baptism in the Spirit. But the word baptism, today it's a religious word. We often associate it with water baptism. But in the context Jesus is talking about, it just means drenched. It means saturated. Jesus says, John used physical water, but you, as my disciples, you are going to be drenched You are going to be soaked and saturated from head to foot by the power of my Holy Spirit. I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to pour out my Spirit, says the Lord Jesus. Let's stand, shall we? Be great if the worship team could come up. I just want to repeat that verse in Galatians 6. Let us not grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Just want to invite you, if you want to just hold out your hands, and let's pray, shall we? Father, we pray. Pour out your spirit. Lord, I pray for Christ Church Hailsham. I pray as they gather tonight, pour out your spirit. Saturate them, Lord. Drench them with your power. Come and visit them. Come and meet with them. Come and encounter them. Day by day, this coming week, as they give themselves to prayer, And Lord, as we sow as a local church, we give again. Many of us have given sacrificially over decades. And we choose to come and give again. Because Jesus, you are worth it. And we believe as we sow, we will reap a harvest. A harvest of souls into your kingdom a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of blessing. Pour out blessing on this local church, I pray. Give them all they need as they give. But more than finance, drench them, I pray, with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.